I've got a home I'm longing for. I don't know about you, but I'm longing. I'm groaning within myself to be clothed upon and not be found naked. Turn in your Bibles this morning to Second Peter chapter number 1. And you pray for me this morning. God will help me. If I could get across to you a, I don't know the right percentages to use. If I could get across to you 10% of how God put this in my heart, it'll be a blessing to you today. Second Peter chapter number one. We've been reminded to be fruitful in the present, and boy, that's a good reminder. We're desiring to go, and the Bible said to be with the Lord, which is far better. But we have to be reminded, and while we're here, we still got to be fruitful and abound in good works, and this is good and profitable unto men, and we're to exhort one another to that end, so we can't forget in our suffering. Um, there's no time for pity parties. I, I have them often. If you do, you understand what I'm talking about. And uh, I'm not trying to be cruel. I just mean there's not time for that. We need there'll be a, a time God will wipe the tears from our eyes and deal with all the sorrow and pain and all of that stuff. But uh, in the present suffering, we need to be fruitful and abound in in the knowledge and be fruitful uh, and abundantly fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So He's exhorting us to that and trying to deal with these weary pilgrims. I have this picture in my mind. You know, He started out in in First Peter writing. He was dealing with these uh, elect uh, uh, people and he was telling them about how yes, you're in a strange land, you're pilgrims and strangers and how you ought to suffer as Christ and he was reviled and reviled not again and uh, you know, teaches them how to suffer right and how to stay faithful in our suffering and deal so much with that and then he comes to 2 Peter and writes again to them uh, to us, I'm going to say to them, to us and reminding us to be fruitful it's not just enough just to make it and uh, you know, you don't want to just kind of hang on to the end and as long as I can get in and, you know, all those kind of things. And he exhorts them to remember to be uh, uh, not just hearers of the word, but doers, you know, also. And so he started out in verse uh, number one, uh, acknowledging their foundation. Verse number three, um, that is uh, what he's coming to deal with will be according to his favor. Um, and then in verse number five, we've dealt extensively with adding to your faith. And he begins to deal with uh, that uh, um, being fruitful in the present and says, add to your faith, virtue and knowledge and patience and brotherly kindness and temperance and godliness. And that's where we ended the last time we were together. And uh, to brotherly kindness, uh, um, he uh, said, add charity. And uh, boy, we need, a, we need an abundance of that in our day, don't we? He, he exhorted them to be fervent uh, in their charity one towards another. Abound in charity because your time's coming when you're going to need each other. You're going to need that. And um, can I tell you that time's here? Uh, we need each other. We need uh, brotherly kindness. And uh, I need you and you need me. And uh, uh, boy, it's, uh, it's a hurtful thing. Uh, one thing when the world despises you, but uh, when your brothers aren't kind to you, that's a deeper kind of hurt, isn't it? So uh, we need, he's exhorting us to that. It's going to be difficult in the days that you're facing upon whom the ends of the world have come. 
And uh, so Paul even warns us and foretells about all that uh, in the latter days perilous times shall come. And uh, what is a person supposed to do in those times? And he tells us how to make it. But we don't just have to make it. We can abound and be fruitful uh, just as those that we're in maybe easier times. And so uh, we, we don't get to use the excuse, well, the times are tough, right? We still have to abound and be fruitful uh, because of the knowledge that we have in our Lord and Savior. And so where God gives light, he has an expectation uh, for fruit to come from that knowledge. He doesn't give knowledge to puff up, right? Uh, knowledge in itself. But so that knowledge is true wisdom is the application of that knowledge, putting uh, those things into good use so that you can be fruitful because God doesn't want you to be barren. He doesn't want you to be unfruitful, right? And so he deals with adding, how can we do that? And he really deals uh, kind of more internally in dealing with virtue and patience and temperance and godliness and all those things adding to our faith. And then in verse number 80, he talks about abounding in fruit uh, and how that God expects something out of us uh, and giving us the knowledge that we have. And so uh, there's an expectation uh, to the uh, enlightenment, right? There'll be those that rise up in judgment against another generation. And Jesus even said, there's a certain place that if I would have gone down and done great and mighty works there, they would have repented long ago and sackcloth and ashes. And uh, I've done all these things among you and uh, you have not. And so uh, he was talking about they're going to rise up in judgment because of the light that they've been given and what they've done so little with it. And so I exhort you young people, as much truth as you've been given, uh, it's, it's going to, uh, God has a great expectation uh, for all of us. But I want to exhort you young people, you've been raised in a Christian home under good sound Bible preaching and God expects some fruit out of that. Right? God would invest it in your life. Your parents have an expectation of fruit in your life. They labored to see that you're educated and labored to see that you are raised and kept from sinful things and uh, all those things. And they want to see fruit out of their investment in you. And, and so God's the same way. He wants to see fruit abounding uh, in our life from this knowledge that we were founded upon and the knowledge that we continue to grow in. Right? The knowledge of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ that he'd grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And so we continue to grow in that, abounding in fruit. Verse number 9. Uh, the summation of those that decide not to add to their faith are people that are afar off, blind, and forgetful, right? And we dealt with that and talking about a man that cannot see afar off. He sees, uh, uh, does not see eternity. He's not looking to this home that was sung about by Brother Reed. Uh, he wasn't uh, looking for Christ to gird himself in service, to sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb. He was not looking forward to crowns that he might cast at the feet of the Savior. He was not looking into a future eternity. He's a man that cannot see afar off. And uh, um, what he's exhorting us to add to, he said, add to your faith and that you might be fruitful. Why? If you'll add to your faith, there's going to be a payoff for that. He says that. The summation of adding virtue and temperance and knowledge and godliness and, and uh, all those things that are listed in those previous verses, he's going to come down and tell you it's going to be worth it one day for you to do so. Now there's a payment here. 
There's a good life to be lived, a joyful, uh, spirit-filled life that Jesus said, I came not to give you life only, but an abundant life. You can enjoy that here. Uh, it's a joyful life to live holy. Sin brings so much damage to all of our lives. And so there's a lot to be, but we're not blind. We're not short-sighted. We don't see just the now. Sure, I want to live holy. Sure, I want to live righteously. Sure, I want to add to my faith. Sure, I want to grow in Christ Jesus. But not only so that I can live a good life here, not so that I can only affect things here in the temporal and the things now, but because I see a far off, when I see a day coming when the when the uh, when when John the Revelator said, I heard a voice, a door opened in heaven, and he said, I heard a voice as it spoke to me as of a trumpet and said, Come up hither. And he has a, this is a man who's adding to his faith, who they may be soldiers or dying off left and right and deciding to stop uh, adding to their faith and stop growing in Christ. And uh, But this is a man and, and who will shortly be blinded and before you know it, they'll, they'll not even remember they were saved. They'll struggle with the assurance of their salvation. That's what these verses are speaking to. Sin coming into your life and not growing will cause you to doubt and forget that you've been purged from your old sins. So you'll get to a place you don't even know if you're saved or not. And uh, that's what he's talking about. And that's why he said, so make your calling and election sure, and we covered that, not sure to God. God knoweth them that are his, and he's known it from the beginning. He's known it from eternity, and you're elect according to foreknowledge. Make it sure to yourself. You need the assurance to know when you stand with God. And if you have these things in you, you shall abound and not be barren, but you shall be fruitful, and you shall never fall. And But a man that can't add to his faith virtue and knowledge and godliness and temperance and all those different things is probably a man that's unsaved. So uh, the assurance of it is when I'm able to add and grow, it makes you say, hey, I've been planted. If I'm growing, I've been planted. I'm saved. <laughs> that gives you some assurance. That's what he's talking about here. Make it, make it sure. Not, not like was told uh, uh, when he said, and he told them soldiers, uh, make it as sure as you can. And what that was meaning is totally different from what's meaning here. You don't, you don't, need, to make your, uh, you don't need to make your salvation complete. You don't add anything to what God did. Your good works add nothing to the righteousness you stand in. Your righteousness that you're clothed in is a perfect righteousness that lacketh nothing and was completed in the person of Jesus when he came into the likeness of sinful flesh and bled and died and condemned sin in the flesh and was raised by his own power for your justification. That's the righteousness you stand in and your good deeds add nothing to that. So... He's not saying add to that so that you can have great, you know, uh, so that make it sure in the sense of, well, make sure uh, uh, that uh, you help God and complete your salvation, you know. That's not what's being said here. <laughs> your salvation is as good as done and over with when you repented and believed on Jesus. See, some people believe that you, you, you have to, you have to uh, uh, it, it, it's both. It's faith plus works. You've got to have faith to get it, but you've got to give works to keep it. 
That's about as dignified as I know to put that, Brother Reed. I'm glad I'm not keeping it. I'm glad I'm kept by the power of God. And there's no doubt in heaven, I've got a name recorded over there, J.C. Uh, Jesus, I've got a name. It may be a name like Jesus has a, a vesture dipped in blood. And he's got a name. It's written as the word of God. But he's got a name written which no man knew. But he, I want to know what that name is. But I've got a name recorded in heaven. I'm not sure what it is. It may be a new name. It may be in the, in the Chaldee. It may be in the... I don't know what kind of name it is. But I know me. I've got my name recorded in the Lamb's book of life. That's as sure as done. The devil can't get there to take it out because he, he wasn't there to put it in. God put it in and he said, no man plucketh them out of my hand. I've got you written in the palm of my hands. You're mine for eternity and you shall never die because I live, you live. Where I go, you go. Where I breathe, you breathe. Your life is in Christ, hid with Christ in God and that'll never die. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah this morning. It's as sure, it's as sure, it's a lot sure than you can make it by your good deeds. It has this seal. The God of all creation knoweth them that are his. That's what's got it sealed. It's done, it's over with. But boy, there's some more to it. There's more to it, Hunter. All night I was just thinking about this. I've thought I've chewed on this, Brother Ruby, for weeks. And he goes in, he deals with this assurance, and he said, add to your faith. And a man that doesn't do that, he's blind. He, he's, he doesn't see this, what I'm about to deal with. He doesn't see that. He doesn't look to that. All he looks to is the present and the pleasing himself and the now. He's blind. And, uh, and in fact, he doesn't even remember. He's even saved, and he, he has so many problems. But if you add to these things, you shall never fall. And, and you're, you'll have assurance in your soul. And, and uh, boy, that's a blessing. As like one man said, Brother Jones, he said, the only thing better than getting saved, uh, the only th I don't know if it'd be better, but it's what he said. The only thing better than being saved is knowing for how long. <laughs> and that's about right. <laughs> oh, Lord. But I'm going to tell you something. That would, that would be enough. It would be enough for God to describe us in the palm of his hands, record our names in the Lamb's book of life, to indwell us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, and God the Holy Ghost, he sent the Comforter, shall come, and he's with you, and he shall be in you, and he's in you, and the circumcision's done, made without hands, and a separating of the flesh that defileth, and is sealed to the day of redemption, that which is born of God, and it can never sin, and it can never die. <laughs> that would be enough. <laughs> Boy, that'd be enough, Brother Reed. But he said, if you add to the, yourself, you add to these things, and, and, and you add to your faith, virtue, and all these various things, and, and you'll be not, God will make you not just uh, unfruitful down here, but there's, a, there's something else coming. He said, uh, take, take notice uh, that uh, you need to add to your faith uh, to abound in fruit, and don't be a fall off blind and forgetful. And then in verse number 10, you'll have assurance from falling. He said, Where, uh, wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. And I tossed to and fro about what, you know, exactly that meant, but either way is fine with me. Those of you here Wednesday, 
uh, maybe following his mind of his assurance and his doubts, maybe. Maybe that's what he's dealing with there. Or he could be talking about stumbling along life's journey, along the Christian path as you grow. Uh, if you keep adding these things, it'll help you uh, to, uh, not to stumble along the way. Either way, he's fine with me. I would, I would think the latter. I would think he's saying that if you add knowledge and temperance and patience and you add those things, let patience have its perfect work and you do all those things for these things being you, uh, you shall never fall. And maybe he's saying, uh, if you keep adding those things, it'll keep you from stumbling along the way, making bad decisions, and stumping your toe and stunting your growth. And maybe that's what he's saying here, but surely uh, we have assurance and these things being in you, and assurance from falling. Now, that's verse gets us down to verse number 10. And then in verse number 11, I gotta be careful building these things up because I build it up and then we get there and it's not nearly as exciting to you as it was to me. You ever fear that sometimes, Brother Joe? You get, you get that thing built up. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. This I mean, in one hand, I'm as down. I, I mean, I'm as low. I, I mean, I got down. I'm talking about humanly speaking. Uh, but then in another sense, the God of glory touched me somewhere deep down in my soul. And I'm as high as, as I could possibly be. I, it almost makes you feel like you want to take your shoes off uh, for your own holy ground. And, uh, and I'm not just talking about me being anything. I'm just talking about what God does for me when he just opened my mind up to this and I'll never get it across to you so I'm going to pre-apologize for letting you down in the message this morning but I'm going to do my best to give you what God put in my heart and so there'll be assurance from falling, uh, abound in fruit, there'll be assurance from falling and, that, and now in verse number 11 uh, I want you to take a look at the abundance for the future <laughs> Woo. hey hey Christian we're headed somewhere <laughs> This world's not my home. This isn't the best I've got going for me. I'm headed somewhere. I'm going places, friend. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, in these verses, I, I've, just, I've, just, I've just laid there and just tried my best to have a pity party, and God wouldn't dare let me do it. He wouldn't even let me feel sorry for myself. He kept reminding me of what you sang about. Uh, we'll sit down at his table one day, and Christ will gird himself in service. Uh, he, he, he reminded me I'm going to be called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. I, he, he told me uh, and reminded me about my abundant future. I'm not just saved from wrath through him. I'm not there for now. There's no condemnation of them that are in Christ Jesus. I'm not now on this justified, being sanctified, soon to be glorified, but I got a home waiting on me on the other side. I'm going to sit in the presence that Job said, I know my Redeemer liveth, and he's going to stand in the latter days upon my eye on this earth, and who mine eyes shall behold and not another. My eyes shall see him, yet in my flesh I shall see God. <laughs> and I'm going to a place that's fairer than day, and, I, and, and just like uh, this verse, we got to at least read before I, I get too excited and say, well, you're too excited emotionally. You need to calm down. Don't you dare calm me down this morning. <laughs> I'm excited about my home. I'm excited about my future. There's nothing here that's exciting. There's nothing here that's satisfying anymore. There's no, there's, I, this isn't my home. This isn't the place where I belong. I'm a stranger here. I'm a pilgrim here. I'm a sufferer here. But I'm also a son of the God of glory. And I got a home that's awaiting on me on the other side. And Jesus said, of these things be in you, you shall abound and not be unfruitful here. But there's also coming a day where 
there's an abundant entrance going to be ministered unto you into the everlasting kingdom. And I don't know everything that that means, but I'm going to borrow your imagination for a minute and try to help you get you to see some things. And let's think upon good things today. I want you to think upon this abundant future. I'm going to give you some definitions and we're going to turn to a couple of places. <laughs> Woo! This is exciting to me. <laughs> We've not believed in vain. He's going to deal with, with fables and how we are not... Hey, Christian, you've not followed Christ in vain. You've not followed cunningly devised fables. It may seem like it ain't paying off here, but... But paydays are coming. <laughs> JC, the, the paydays coming, my friend. And it may not be down here. We're suffering pilgrims down here. We've been appointed to suffer, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer. And through the fall, we have bodies that are corruptible, and we're going to suffer pain and anguish and disappointment and tears and sorrow and sin and all the great things that came with the curse. We're going to suffer those things. But God wants us to have our eyes set upon the future. He doesn't want us to be blind and not be able to see afar off. Leave the foundation. Understand you've been saved and purged from your sins, but go on. There's something far greater than that for you, Christian. You don't have to just get saved and sit down and quit and quit growing. If you'll keep at it, if you'll keep growing, if you'll stay faithful, this Bible said that there'll be an entrance, that an abundant entrance that will be ministered unto you at the everlasting kingdom. And I'm going to go ahead and let you down right off the bat. I have no idea what all that means. But God, give me a brain. And I'm, I just want to think through with you just for a moment of what all it could be. I don't know what all that could mean. There's some pretty logical things, and I usually stay fairly logical instead of getting way out of bounds on things and imaginations. That's very dangerous. Don't trust your imaginations. I'm not saying that. But I want to use the Bible and just see some things that might be plausible. An abundant entrance. Can I give you some definitions to these words? And maybe it'll encourage you, weary soldiers. I read, I read a story. Why? Well, you think one day I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get in shape. I can preach, and that diet starts Monday, it's gonna be glorious. You just wait till Monday, buddy. I read a story, Tyler. I read a story. Come on, buddy. You know you got to help me. Get up. I don't need you, but I do. Put your Bible down. This has just helped me so much. I read a story. Dr. Jones. And, uh, boy, this thing's real. What we're following. This ain't, this ain't wise tales. Somebody told me one time about a man that traveled all around the world and come down a chimney and gave presents to people. I believe that when I found out that wasn't real... That broke my heart. I'm dead serious, 12-year-old boy. I'd like to died when I found out that wasn't real. That lying bunch. Say, well, I'm still lying to my kids. Well, help yourself. Lie to them if you want to. Preacher ain't going to lie to them. Like that devastated me. You know what happened? When I got old enough to think about God, I thought if they can make him up, they made him up too. He travels around the world, knows what everybody's doing, sees everything, writes a list. Sounds familiar, don't it? And I thought if they made him up, they made him up. That, that hurt me to get saved. 
Now that didn't cost nothing. I don't know where that came from. It's November. It's not okay. I read a story. We've not, hey, we've not wasted our time serving the Lord. I'm telling you, we ain't done much, but we ain't wasted our time. I read a story. I don't even need you. I just want you to stand there a minute. I read a story. And boy, I wish I could tell you where it come from. I wish I could tell you the man's name, Brother Golson. It was a man that was them. Uh, he, dro- he drove them choppers in Vietnam, them medic choppers. And uh, Miss Barter, they say that's, that, that's extremely dangerous. Most times in war when they seen that cross, you know, that's a medic. They wouldn't attack a medic. He's trying to get the wounded. But not so in Vietnam. Am I right, Brother Golson? It was dangerous. They'd shoot them medics just like they'd kill any soldier, armed or unarmed. They were heathens. They about had no conscience. But that man was telling about all that stuff, and he was just, you could feel the raw emotion in what he was telling in this story. And he, he's writing, and he said, you know, he said it was so disheartening. I, he said, I wasn't really worried about my own life. It's what I signed up for. I knew that there was a very slim chance I'd come out alive. But I wanted, to, I wanted to be a part of, of this thing. And he, 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 would, he would go in that chopper, and they would, they would go into places just unbelievable. It was so dangerous. Never in any regulation was it, were they supposed to land in this, under this kind of fire. But them men didn't care. They wanted to save their men. And they didn't care what the law said. <laughs> and they said, uh, he said, this man telling this story, he said, I got these soldiers, he said, and you wouldn't believe how they was mangled, how they was maimed, limbs missing. I mean, the bloody, gory stuff, I wouldn't, I don't want to talk about it, but you can understand that somebody gets shot with an AK-47 with bullet holes all over him, legs blown off, trip wires. I mean, you can imagine what this medic saw, the mangled bodies that he had to deal with. And he said, these soldiers would be barely alive when I'd pick them up. And he said, we, we would make it through. We would, you know, get in there and we would get down just long enough. Sometimes we would hover. We couldn't even land. We just had to throw them on there to get out of there because he wanted to save his men. He just had a desire to want to do that. And Boy, thank God for men like that. That's what built this country. These perverts marching up and down the street protesting didn't build this country. Men like that's what built this country. And they're spitting in his face. They're communism. Men fought and died to fight that mess. Blood, red-blooded Americans died to fight against what these people are trying to push in on our people. That ought to stir in our blood up. Ooh. If, I, if that die starts Monday, I'd about quit preaching and just go fight. God let me. Now, I say that, but I probably ain't got half the guts in me on half. So he'd land in there, Brother Rupi, and he'd get these soldiers and they'd throw them on. And, uh, and uh, they'd, get, they'd make it through fire. And he'd say, you know, the only thing we could do, and Brother Montgomery, you have some experience with this, the only thing we could do is make sure they didn't go to sleep. He said, we do the best we could do to put tourniquets on, to control the bleeding, to, to, to medically do the best that we could do while we, were on a, while we were on a chopper, which was very limited. Maybe give them oxygen, maybe. But our main goal was to make sure they stayed awake. 
And he said, I would, I would get them. And he said, so I, my job, he said, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't a doctor. He wasn't medically trained to do surgeries and perform things. And, and uh, he would be more like a nurse, a nurse uh, type in the, in the army. Um, um, but uh, anyway, so he said, my job, he said, I was to, if I had to smack them in the face, if I had to put that stuff under their nose, my job was to keep this soldier alive until we could get him to the hospital where he could get proper care. He said, and all I would do, he said, and I'd just fight against myself. He said, I, I didn't know what to say to them. I don't know these men. I don't know who they are. I know. I, he said, I'd, I'd, I'd be telling these soldiers, I'd say, I'd say uh, uh, stay with me. Just stay with me now. Stay with me. And he said, they'd just fade off and he'd have to smack them and he'd say, stay with me is all he could come up with. Stay with me is all he could come up with. And then he said, he, he got to trying to ask them questions. And that tend to help some, you know. Tell me about your wife. Tell me about your mom and dad. Tell me, son. He would try to, he said, conversation would help to keep them. And he said, you know what I found worked the best? <laughs> this has nothing to do at all with, you will never find this in a commentary. This is just something I come across and God help me. To, here's what he said. Oh, I could just get so stirred up this morning. He said, you know, you know what worked the best? That soldier laying there, his leg missing, holes in his body, blood, barely enough blood to keep his heart, to keep him going. And he said, you know what, you know what worked the best? Keep that man alive. He said, I just kept telling that soldier, you're almost home, soldier. You're almost home. And he said, that soldier and I would wake up and I'd say, home, you're almost home. And he said, everyone from then on that I'd pick up and I'd say, hey, just stay with me, soldier. We almost got you home. Now, I'm, not, I'm not big on these type of emotional stories, church. You know I don't do that. But this just stirred me up my heart up because I think this is what Peter's telling these suffering pilgrims. He's trying to say, look, you're suffering. You're going through a lot. Churches are splitting up and people are mad at each other and, and, and things are going down and numbers drop and, and this, the indifference and the coldness towards God is all around you. And you're suffering persecution from the world and, and from within and in your own family, those of a man's household and all the things that you're suffering. But I want you to remember one thing, you weary pilgrim, you weary suffering, you stranger this morning. I want to keep your eyes on home. You're almost home. We're almost home, Brother Reed. Jesus is coming and we're almost there. If you can get your eyes on heaven, it's almost like I could see it this morning as he was singing that song. We're almost seated around that table. We're almost there. I'm not followed cunningly devised fables. I, this is not a hope which i am got my fingers crossed. I'm hoping it's true. This is a hope. I know it's so. I'm just waiting for it to happen. I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm going to be seated in the heavens. I know. And he said, I'll give you a key. Oh, I got I to gotta get this. And, and I'm going to read these verses. I'm going to let you sit down. But this is, what I, this is my picture of these wounded soldiers. I want, to be a, I want to be this kind of Christian just carrying those soldiers along. If I could be nothing more of a medic in God's army. Saying, soldier, it's almost home. Don't you want to be that way to people? I want to keep you awake until we get you home. Awake thou that sleepest, he said. He said, well, you're getting on me because I'm asleep. Lord, no. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually. Have we forgotten what Jesus did for us? Or we can't see afar off anymore. 
We feel like maybe this ain't even true. Where is the promise of his coming? I want you to know we've not followed some fairy tale fantasy that somebody made up to try to make a kid act right. There's a God in heaven that hung the stars on nothing and departed the sea from the land and spoke the worlds into the existence and the word of God moved across the face of the water. God himself created everything and Jesus is the brightness of his glory and uh, he has spoken us into these last, in these last days and he wants you to know that there's an abundance in the future for those that will continue to grow in suffering. We're almost home. Well, I want to be with Jesus, don't you? Oh, I want to be with him this morning, don't you? I, I want to be with Jesus. No, I was listening to a song this morning. I wish I could remember the name. And it was talking about those streets of gold and that throne and that rainbow and the jasper. And the, it was talking about all that beauty. But if I can just see him who was pierced for me. I just want to say, hey, we're almost there. Don't quit now. So please, I'm not trying to be some cliche and all that stuff. But soldier that's adding, that's fighting, that's warring. I just want to keep you awake, stay awake long enough to get home. I know you're wounded. If we had a testimony service this morning about all the wounds that's going on in your life. We wouldn't have time for the unfaithfulness in the marriages and the unfaithfulness in the children and the unfaithfulness in the church and the, and the, and the discouraged. And the, we wouldn't have time for all the stories of the wounds and the heartache of people you poured your life into and only watch them turn their back on God. And, and we, we, we wouldn't have time for the wounds of people you loved. And the more you love, the less you're loved. And we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have time in today to get the testimonies of everybody in this building of all the hurt and all the pain but Jesus wants you to know this morning that you're almost home and it's more than just almost making it home my friend when I get over there this entrance is going to be administered unto us if we'll keep on we'll be an abundant entrance well I just want to see him don't you I want to see the Lord Kids, look up here at me. Give me just a minute, church. I want to tell you kids something. When they roll my body down in the front of this church, if God gives me the grace to pastor here till I die, and you see that, well, I'll have started, I'll have started my diet by then. So when you see that fit body, Laying in that casket. I want you to know I'll be in glory with Jesus. I believe this as sure as I'm standing up here with my eyes open. That's what I want for my life. I want to just keep adding for the sake of Jesus. I want to experience what's going on here. An entrance means a coming in, an entering in. 
shall be ministered. It's translated supplied richly. It's also translated added, uh, excuse me, add in verse number five. And abundantly means in large measure. We didn't read the verse, did we? Wherefore, the brethren, rather than give diligence, make your collection, sure if you do these things, you should never fall. Verse number 11, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You may think I'm crazy, but I, I'm telling you, I believe this. I want to just look at a couple of things just quickly. And I just want to remind you, you're almost home for yet a little while. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Can you look at Revelation? I got five minutes, and I didn't even get to start on this. Anybody else feel a little weary and just a little tired? I want to go home, be with the Lord. Amen. To the best of my ability in Revelation chapter 1 verse, through chapter number 3, to the best of my knowledge, to the best of my knowledge, John is not caught up. He is on, he's still on the Isle of Patmos. In chapters 1 through 3. In chapter 1, he heard that voice like a trumpet as a sound of many waters. Oh, well, you ever wonder what he sounds like? I wonder what the Lord sounds like when he's... I hear him in his, by faith, Brother Jones, I hear him in a still small voice. But boy, I wonder what he really sounds like. He said like the sound of many waters. And he spoke to me, and it was like a trumpet. And I turned to see him that spake, and I fell in my feet as dead in chapter number one. And uh, the Lord sent by the angel and was talking to him. And you, you go through all those chapters and write to the church here, and write to the angel of the church here. And so you get that in those verse, first three chapters. And then things turn, and he said, I want you to see what shall be. Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, to him, oh, oh, look at this promise. I know there's crowns, but look at this. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Now, I've never had no preacher ever explain that to me. Even as also, uh, uh, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in His throne, He that hath it here, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And chapter number four, He said, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. <laughs> well, I, I know we got to go home, but this just helps me. And he sat on, and he, 
he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow around the throne in the side like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw twenty and four elders sitting clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. Now this sets a precedence. A pre, a precedence. If you go on down to verse number 10, the four and the twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne. And everybody know who's on the throne? I wonder who he's talking about, Hunter. He's talking about the one we gave our lives up for. I'm so thrilled to see you all this morning, but there's a yearning in my soul to see Jesus. He's who it's all about. He's he's everything to us. I'm not in this thing for the advancement of a movement and the independent movement. I'm not in, in this thing to put a bunch of numbers in a building. I'm in this thing because one day, 13, 14 years ago, God called me out of darkness. And he put me into a relationship with his own son. And ever since then, my life's been consumed with his son. Oh boy, I hope that hope's in you. It'll purify you. He's coming. We've been through a lot, Emmer, but Jesus is coming. We're going to see him. And he said, I got, John said, I was caught up in the spirit and I saw him up there on the throne. And then beasts fell down at his feet. Verse number 10, and it said they fell down to worship him. Boy, I would too, wouldn't you? And cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. We got to go home. Can I leave you with a couple of thoughts here? The verse said, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, when is this going to happen? That would be my question. Wouldn't it be to you? This entrance has got me intrigued. <laughs> he, he didn't say, this is literally like, you remember in Luke. I'm just trying to get your mind. I, 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 don't, I, I, I dare wouldn't take any glory from the Lord. He said it, not me. But you remember when he come riding in on the fold of a cold ass and they were laying down them palms down before him saying, Hosanna in the highest. Glory be to God is what they were saying. For he that rideth upon And they didn't know. Some of them knew, but that, that was Zechariah. That was him riding. That was their king. They didn't know it, some of them, but that was the king of Israel. That was God manifested in the flesh. That's an entrance. As he rode in, as he rode in, people were down beside him, and there was a celebration going on with him entering in. Am I right? Let me give you a say. Well, Brother Clint, are you saying, well, let me, let me I'm just borrowing your thoughts here because I don't know. 
Blessed are the dead that dieth in the Lord. Yea, from his forsake the spirit that rest from their labors and their works do follow him. Our rewards can't enter in. He said, Lo, I come in, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. So when you die, you don't enter into your reward because your works are still going. Right? So it can't be when you die, there's an abundant entrance ministered unto you when you die. I don't think that's what this is saying. So he's got his works are still going on. Then I come with no man can work. And Jesus says, well, I come. And, and he's going to come. And he said, that shall come, shall come. He shall not tarry. And so when he comes, buddy, he's coming. And when he comes, I don't know. Uh, people can, you can say when he tarries, he's coming. But when he comes, it ain't going to take him years to get here. When he steps out and he says, go get your bride, Jesus is here, buddy. It won't take him 10 years to get here from heaven. He don't travel distances. He's a spirit. He travels beyond the speed of thought. He's everywhere, in all places, at all times. That fat man can't do that in his sleigh. Woo! <laughs> and buddy, when he says come, he's coming. And uh, so it can't be when we die that that's what this is talking about. So, now, I know people disagree with this here, but I'm pre-millennial, pre-tribulation raptor of the church, and I believe in a literal thousand-year reign upon the earth in which Christ will reign from Jerusalem with a rod of iron. And so would you say, maybe he's talking about into this kingdom when he takes the throne of his father David. Could it be when he enters into that kingdom? When you come in, when he comes within thousands of the saints, and we're riding upon these white horses, and we come with him, and he slays the enemies of, of Israel, and he puts the uh, enemies at rest, and he binds the serpent, at least for a thousand years until he's loose for a little season, I think there's still going to be works going on. Those that are faithfully serving him during that kingdom. It ain't over yet. He said, I come, my reward's with me, but I, I don't think he's going to dish it out yet. Now, I'm just trying to borrow an imagination. I don't know. If you've got something different from the Bible, I'm telling you, my heart's open to it. I'm just trying to give you what I, I'm just, my, my crazy mind thinks. That's reassuring, isn't it? Now, I'm so tired of looking at you, too. Brother Tony, this is what I'm thinking. That, 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 that serpent's loose for a little season. He's going to deceive those. Now, it could be many, but there's those that make it through that trap, but they're not going in without believing on the Lord, right? By faith. And so the tree of life is there. Maybe they don't have a heavenly body, and they'll need to eat of the tree of life to live forever. Now, we won't because we'll have glorified bodies like Jesus, maybe even bloodless bodies we don't need to eat. I don't know. It'll live forever. I don't know the answer to all those things, but the tree of life is back in by Revelation 22. So, let's turn there. We got to go home. Good night. Hunter made us wait so long. Look at Revelation 22. When is this, when is this coming? As long as works are still there, I have a hard time believing it's, this entrance is coming yet. Uh, Revelation uh, uh, 21. First we see it. John, Jesus said, Lo, I go to prepare a place for you. Well, didn't that just... In my Father's house are many mansions. And if I go, 
I shall come and, and, and take you and receive you unto myself, that where I shall be, so you shall also. And so he's going to prepare a place. Well, John sees this prepared place in chapter 21. This is the place the Lord's been preparing, not the millennial reign. See, he's shaken the whole earth. That those things that remain shall be shaken. And then things are going to be set on fire. And then he'll be cast into the pit. And then the accuser of the brethren's gone. And then the tears are wiped away. And the judgment seat, the great white throne is passed. And all those things are done. And John said, I looked and I saw, and the, I saw the, new, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. <laughs> you think, you're, you're absolutely nuts if you believe that. Don't wake me up. I just believe what the Bible says, brother. I just believe the Bible just, I, I don't, I'm not allegorically, I don't think it's talking about, I believe it's just saying exactly what it said. There is a city that comes down from God out of heaven. A city he's prepared for me and you to live forever in. And if that won't put some holy running shoes on your feet, that's what I want. I've not, hey, Brother Reed, you've not wasted 40 years serving God's church. You're going somewhere. Amen. Brother Ronnie, we're headed somewhere. Men, hey, ladies, we're headed somewhere. We're almost home. Don't quit now. Don't die now. I know you're wounded. I know you're bleeding. I know you're suffering. I know you want to go home. But just keep on keeping on. Jesus is coming and our homes are waiting us. John saw a holy city coming down from God out of heaven. And I believe this is where we start to get into business. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared. God, did Jesus say I go to prepare a place? John said I prepared. he prepared it. I've seen it. <laughs> Woo! Anybody else excited as I am? Woo! I believe every bit of this. Do you believe this, Brother Ruby? And uh, he has this prepared prepared comes, prepared comes down from God out of heaven, adorned for as a bride for her husband. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, "Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men." And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them. Whew. And God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Whew. Brother Clint, I'm so tired. Hey, keep your eyes on this abundant future. I ask you young people something. You believe this? Y'all believe what this Bible's saying? I hope you're a part of it. There's only one crowd that's going to be here in this city. And that's those that's been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I know I've been long. I'm not a bit sorry. I usually am, but 
I'm not today. Look at what he said in chapter 22. Behold, I come quickly, verse 12, and my reward is with me to give every man according to as his work shall be. See, that's at the end. I'm Alpha and Omega, beginning in the end, the first and the last. And blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may write the tree, the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of the city, for without are dogs. Verse number 12, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. So, to me, going back to Second Peter, I believe this, this everlasting kingdom. Can I say something? If you're born again, you're already as good as in it. That's not what I'm trying to say. But you're talking about people in time. So all I can do is look for the future. John was in time when the angel visited him and told him to rise. And then the Lord spoke to him. He was in time. And he said, I've got to show you in time the things that shall be. There's no future in eternity. You understand what I'm saying? John was in time. And we're in time. We're as good as in this city. You see, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's as good as done. So I'm not telling you do good works to make sure you're there. You understand what I'm saying? We're in. We're already there. I'm telling you, we're just waiting on it to happen. Just patiently endure to the fulfillment of the promise. That's what they did in Hebrews 11. Having not obtained, right? They might be perfect without us. We are, we are to endure. We are to work. We are to add to our faith. And I'm telling you, payday is a coming. There's crowns to cast down at his feet like these elders did. He's got people seated upon the throne. Now, I got my ideas about that. We don't have time today. I don't think you can have 24 seats and a throne and have, you've come to an innumerable company of angels and the spirits of just men made perfect. So I don't think there's that many seats on the throne. I don't know. Isn't it wonderful to think about? Before you know it, Jesus will be here. Hey, just keep on waiting on the Lord. Keep on adding to your faith. Keep on growing in the Lord. And if you keep adding virtue and godliness, say, brother, I'm not doing a good job at it. I don't care. Just keep on adding. Keep on growing. Keep on. Keep your eyes on the prize. We're almost home. Barbara said, I, I missed my chance. I thought COVID was my ticket home. Well, I, you're too stubborn, I guess, to die. <laughs> you whooped that COVID, didn't you? God seen fit to leave you here. Be an encouragement and be a help to people. But you're almost home. And it ain't got nothing to do with your age. I might beat you out of here. We're almost home. I'm trying to drag it out. Soldier, I know you're hurt. But there's an abundant entrance. I don't know, I don't know Brother Jones, everybody gets this. I, I think this entrance, in there, when we entered in, in chapter number 22, and we entered this, this holy city in New Jerusalem, coming down out of God out of heaven, he said those that kept his commandments have rise. I don't know if it don't got something to do with those that are obedient, those that have added to their faith, those that have served him faithfully, those that have been found faithful when he comes. I don't think everybody's going to get the same entrance in. I just don't. Not everybody's going to get crowns. Not everybody's going to be seated in the same place. And say, oh, so it's a race? No, yeah, it's a race, but only one wins the prize. You're the only one in the race. If you don't win your prize, nobody gets it. I'm not in competition with you to see who gets it best in heaven and who gets the nicer mansion. 
Right? That foolishness stops down here. Keeping up with the... Well, I don't say that. Keep, keeping up with the beardens. Well, I'm going to start saying. No. Trying to keep up with one another and be this and that. Hey, all that's going to stop. But I am going to tell you this. I, I'm not in it. I don't... I, listen. You say, oh, are you saying that this entrance is you're wanting to come into the kingdom and you're wanting to ride upon this horse and, and ride upon that colt's ass and have people lay down things in front of you and say, Hosanna, glory be to God as you enter into that and into that city. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying there is an entrance into that city. I don't want them praising me. I want to enter in so that he'll look at me and say, enter in thou good and faithful servant. I want people to be able to say, and you think Brother Sam, they entered in and the, and the heaven wasn't rejoicing about but the grace of God that made Brother Sammy Allen what Brother Sammy Allen was. Brother Sammy Allen wasn't a good man. He was a man like everybody else. He had a good God. So oh, you just want crowns. You can have more crowns than me. No, I want as many crowns as I can give to lay down at his feet and say, worthy is the lamb to receive glory and honor and dominion and power and might forever and ever. I want to have something to lay at his feet because he is worthy. Boy, I'm done preaching. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Assurance and falling, but there's something more to it. For so an abundant answer shall be ministry of the, of the everlasting kingdom. I don't know what all that is, but I can tell you this this fat preacher wants some of it. And if that diet don't start Monday, that's all right. I'm going to exercise myself unto godliness by the grace of God. How about you this morning? I, I'm done preaching. How about you this morning? You want a little part of that? Whereby given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be made partakers of the divine nature. God made a promise, something about an abundant entrance, and I don't know what it all is. Hey, come on, Brother Reed, Miss Snow. Hey, come here. No, you come here. Do you remember when the prodigal son left home? You remember that? And when he was yet a great way off. And that's the only time they say in the Bible, God rides upon the wings of the cherubs that always fly in a straight line. Now, I don't understand all that. But here he's pictured in his love for his son, he's pictured running to greet him in a way where he was yet a great way off. And he fell on his neck. Now just be patient. Okay? And he fell on his neck and he kissed him. I ain't kissing you. But that's what he did. He's so, he's so excited to see his son come home. Before he ever even got home, he's running to greet him in the way and fell on his neck and kissed him. And then you know what they said? And you know what they said? Oh, we got to go. You know what they said, Hunter? He said, kill a fatted cow. We're going to throw a party for that which was lost. Maybe that's, maybe that's this entrance. There's a marriage supper. 
I don't know. I don't, hey, I don't know. I'm admitting to you, I don't know. Maybe it's just going to be how he greets him. Hey, it'll be enough for me. It'd be enough for me if Jesus just wraps his arms around me and hugs me. That'd be enough for me, Brother John. I owe him everything. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have the life you have if it wasn't for God using this church to supply your needs to your dad. But we wouldn't have none of that if it wasn't for Jesus. You might be on dope. You know where you might be? You know where some of you young people might be if God didn't save your mom and dad? You think we'd be married, Amber, if God didn't intervene? Boy, we owe him everything. Don't, don't get distracted with all this foolish stuff. Brother Mark, let's not get distracted. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. I can't, I can't be to you what he is. Boy, he's everything. And you little kids, there's a Savior that died for you. His name's Jesus. I hope you know him this morning. This ain't a fairy tale. He's going to go on and say that. This ain't, this ain't cunningly devised fables. What I'm telling you ain't a story. It ain't a fairy tale. If you're there, honey, you're going to see me, and I'm going to see you enter into a city whose builder and maker is God. Like nothing we've ever seen. Nothing in there that defiles anybody. There's no sin. You see that, Tear? You better take a mental picture of it because where we're going, ain't going to be no more than that. Anybody excited about home? Boy, I'm excited about home this morning. I hope you're saved. This is real. This thing's real. Young man, you, I hope you believe what I'm preaching. It's re- this is real. But I'm done. Stand to your feet. Weary pilgrim, weary soldier. Brother Jones, I'd never think in a million years God would ever use me to, to try to encourage a man like you. But if I could encourage you, you're almost home. Miss Sanders, she's almost home. Almost home, Brother E. Wonder if God might let you lead this song in heaven one time. Wouldn't that be something? We don't sing like we ought to for you. A lot of times in the choir, it's deader than four o'clock. It's about as bad as going to an Oakdale football game. It's as dead as four o'clock. And we don't sing with our hearts like we ought to sometimes. But I guarantee you in that city when we see Jesus and our eyes are on him. Woo! You better get excited if you're going. All right, we got to go home. Lord, I love you this morning. I just want to testify on behalf of the, the saved people in this building. I'm excited about home. I'm discouraged down here, Lord. Just lift our spirits and help us to be faithful to the end, Lord.
the struggling soldiers and the weary pilgrims, I pray in this building, give strength to the weary, give, renew the spirit of those that are cast down, those that are weak in the knees, give strength and Oh, God, encourage your people this morning today. Please encourage your people. And those that are unsaved and have no part in this kingdom yet, help them to see that you stand ready. If they'll repent and believe on you, they can have a part in this great, glorious truth. We love you in Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed just a moment. If you need to come, I'm as serious as I can be this morning. If you need to get saved, you need better quit fooling around with God. This thing's almost over. Brother Reed's going to sing. You better get saved. There's a kingdom coming and the king's coming. Oh, yes. If you're saved this morning, you better rejoice in this abundant future. Who save a wretch like me? I heard about his groaning of his precious blood. Amen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Of my sins and won the victory. Come on, if you need saved, you better get saved. Jesus. My Savior forever, he saw, amen, he did. Oh, yes, redeeming blood, he loved you. Oh, yes, I knew him, and all my love is due him, amen. Cleansing blood. Sing it one more, one more verse. 